my name is Markus Wiedemann. I'm the uh, founder and CEO of Art Invest. We're a German-based real estate developer and investor. And, you know, we have different interests in operating companies like a flex office provider and data center operator and, you know, a hotel business and stuff like that. I'm passionate about two things. First is the uh, continued drive to sustainability. That's not going to change with, you know, the market change, but it's here to stay. And there's so much to do. Nobody really focused on running buildings energy efficient in the past. And I think that's the biggest task we have to do. And the quick win is to, you know, reduce emissions in our existing buildings. And the other thing is I'm so optimistic for the future of real estate because it becomes so more complex. Real estate is not just, you know, rent divided by the yield is, is, is equals value, but it's, it's, it goes beyond, it becomes very technical. You know, you got to go in, in, in the question, how does is energy produced? How is your building insulated? And, you know, it becomes a much, much broader, you know, a field of expertise. Welcome back to the Word Bold Podcast, where we chat with the leaders in commercial real estate to answer all questions, space as a service. This podcast is for anyone involved in commercial real estate in any way. If you're an investor, a fund manager, developer, property manager, agent, or broker, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Welcome back to the Work Bold Podcast. I'm Morgan Piersdorf, and this is episode 10 of season 10 of the Work Bold Podcast. This season, we have been inspired from young leaders and innovators across Europe through Caleb's conversations along ULI's 2013 conference in Madrid. In our final episode, Caleb catches up with Art Invest Real Estate CEO and ULI Germany Chairman, Marcus Wiedemann, just off a panel at the Young Leaders Forum. Uncertainty and challenges facing the industry have been major themes at the ULI conference, to be sure. But is it all bad? In episode eight, Rowan Sikri said, good portfolios are built in bad times. And I think Marcus would agree. But for him, as you'll hear in the episode, he is both excited and optimistic about the new complexities facing the industry, which, as he rightly puts it, are making it a much more interesting profession. But how does the industry drive innovation to support the huge business shifts we're experiencing? Listen in to hear why Marcus thinks part of the answer is trying to reach hearts rather than minds, and how this PropCo Investing VC is approaching PropTech investing. As always, if you have any questions or feedback or topics you want covered, reach out to Caleb on Twitter at Caleb underscore Parker, or send him a DM on LinkedIn, where you can also find me as well. It has been an honor to help bring you what I am sure you will all agree has been an amazing season 10 with brilliant content from the ULI conference. So thank you for letting me be a part of the Work Bold conversation. Before we kick this episode off, we are back to embark on a journey to uncover how furniture as a service can drive sustainability in real estate. Can this innovative concept truly revolutionize the way we approach environmental responsibility? We're about to unveil some enlightening perspectives featuring the visionary forces at NorNorm. So let's dive into the heart of sustainability with their co-founder and CEO, Anders Jepsen. Anders, can you shed some light on NorNorm's circular business model and its potent role in advancing the sustainability agenda? How can furniture as a service improve sustainability? We see in the world of commercial real estate, a major shift is underway. Leaders in real estate are not just focusing on creating sustainable buildings, but also they are prioritizing circularity for interior spaces. 
Nornorm stands at the forefront of this change with furniture as a service, addressing the increasing need for demonstrating environmental responsibility in real estate. By choosing furniture solutions that reduce waste and carbon emission, stakeholders make a conscious choice to contribute to a more sustainable future. Nornorm's approach is not just innovative, it aims to contribute to complete circularity in real estate, from building materials to interiors, aligning with the global push towards sustainability. Nornorm's vision for the workspace of the future is simple. Place circularity at the core and demonstrate how this is better for business, people and planet. By embracing Nornorm, real estate can drastically reduce CO2 emissions and waste production, driving us closer to a greener future. So how much CO2 emission can we save by going from a linear business model to a circular one? Stay tuned to find out more later in the episode. Now, on with the show. Jeff, let's kick it. Welcome back to the World Bowl Podcast. I'm your host, Caleb Parker. In this episode, I'm joined by Marcus Wiedemann, who is the founder and CEO of Art Invest Real Estate. Art Invest Real Estate is an experienced investor, developer, and asset manager operating across key gateway cities in Germany, Austria, and the United Kingdom. Established in 2010 and headquartered in Cologne, the business operates as a private partnership with the Zet Group and the managing partners as shareholders. The group invests and manages on behalf of its proprietary capital, regulated institutional funds, and select joint venture partners pursuing a managed-to-core investment strategy across the risk spectrum, principally in the office, retail, hotel, residential, and data center sectors. Since 2012, the company has been licensed to operate as a regulated fund manager in accordance with German investment law. During this period... Art Invest Real Estate Funds has successfully launched more than 20 regulated funds for a variety of institutional investors. The group is currently more than 9 billion euros of assets under management with more than 2 billion euros invested equity for a range of more than 20 institutional investors as long-term partners. Art Invest Real Estate is one of the largest office and hotel developers in Germany. Welcome to the Workbook Podcast, Marcus. Hey, hello, Kello. Awesome. Uh, it's great to be here. We are at the Young Leaders Forum at ULI in a 31st floor of a office tower overlooking another tower. <laughs> yeah, and it's actually raining in Madrid, which is great because it hasn't been raining for a while. So I'm happy for Spain that it's raining. I know. I, I was thinking in my Uber today, I was like, if the rain in Spain falls mainly on the plane, we must be in the plane right now. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you were just on a panel and you said a couple things I found fascinating. So I wanted to share those with our audience from your mouth. One of the things you said when you were posed with a question around how real estate uh, can innovate, you talked about young leaders knowing just as much as their bosses. So I was hoping you could expand on that. <laughs> Well, I think, you know, real estate traditionally has been, you know, a pretty simple business. You you bet on market trends driven by rent and yield, and now it becomes so much more complex. I mean, you have to really look into, you know, architecture in MEP systems. You have to understand, you know, the, the emissions of a building. You have to understand how do you make a building attractive so people come to the office. The occupancy in terms of how much is let is not so important as how many people do come to the office. So office needs to be used because otherwise it'll be vacant in a couple of years. And all these thinking, you know, space as a service, sustainability, well-being, that's all being introduced in the real estate industry. And that makes the, the, the profession of a real estate developer or asset manager or so, so much more interesting than, you know, I think traditionally it's been in the past. And I think these are all skills that the young people naturally you know, they're more 
set up to to get into this and to drive this than the more traditional real estate experts. So I think we are at a change in the industry and in the thinking and in the questions, where do you actually create value and how do you maintain value? So at Art Invest, then how do you create a, a culture that enables people to speak up and, and talk about the ideas that they have? Well, I think that's a, um, I think, I, I guess you're, you're referring to a corporate culture. So we try to be totally hierarchy free. So whoever has an idea is, you know, free to speak them and will discover it. And the truth is, you know, in nine out of 10 times, it may not work. So, you know, last week, somebody, an employer came to me and said, look, we should really get into the business of, you know, procuring green energy and then, you know, on bulk and selling it to the tenants and stuff. And, you know, you know, becoming an energy provider with our buildings and stuff. And so we looked at it and it, it, it really becomes complicated from a regulatory perspective and from a tax perspective. And so you discover it. And then at the end of the day, you end up maybe saying it's a good idea, but maybe let's let's stick to the piece where we give advice to the tenants, but not do it ourselves. But, you know, it's one of these examples. You've got to be open, discover it. And then, you know, and, and sometimes it works. And then that's great. So that you want that culture. And is there an example of an idea that you guys did implement? Numerous ideas, and that's not the one single idea. But I think what I'm really focused on is I think the world changes from a rational world to an emotional world. You cannot read all the studies in the world, but more and more decisions are based on an emotional basis. And so you need to transform your business to get to the heart of people and not to their brains. And that, you know, that goes everywhere. Everybody thinks if he can tell floor to ceiling height and the cooling capacity of the building, and that's going to drive the tenant. It's not, right? You have to get to the emotion of the tenant and make him want to come to the building because he's emotionally attached. He's, there's a purpose in the building. There's a scheme. There's a design. There's focus on well-being. There's good interior architecture. It's healthy materials. You know, these sort of things, it's just... What drives and the young people are great. And when we develop projects to bring these ideas forward, you got to have amenities, uh, food. You know, all that is important. And you don't want to you don't want to develop a box, but you want to create something that people love to go to. And that those those are the ideas. You want to integrate artists in your space, and you know, create communities. And you know, th th that's the things that the young people are great at. And you know, with our we have a venture capital business. We've invested in thirty young startups and i guess that's the blueprint for innovation from young people not everything works but you know when we invest we think it's a good idea and then the other thing is to scale it up that's sometimes challenging but well, i found that interesting in regards to the venture capital business you're you're a property a real estate company you've got a few different business units and one of them is a venture capital investment firm are you investing in employees ideas or are these different startups that are coming to you uh, typically, these are startups that are coming to us. You know, originally I did it personally, but then I didn't have the time to focus on it. So we set up a company with a dedicated team because it's not done listening to a PowerPoint, investing money, but you really have to help them grow business. And from an idea to a company that actually makes an EBITDA or recurring earning, it's a long way. And so you need professional teams to take care of those. But the thing is, in the real estate industry, we don't have you know, this reach and development budget that other companies have incorporated. So we decided to allocate money to the spectrum of prop tax. And then when we invest, we usually also implement them 
in our buildings, in our organization, just so you know, there's a win-win for both. So we're back in the studio with Anders, CEO of Nornorm. Anders, let's talk about that CO2 savings now. Well, embracing furniture as a service isn't just a choice. It's a statement of commitment to sustainability. And Nornorm is a circular model that reduces the CO2 emission by up to about 70%. But more importantly, it makes better use of resources. The positive effects are generated through furniture circulation and prolonging their lifetime by up to three times compared to when using furniture in a linear model. As a Nornorm customer, you will find the climate impact information on your subscription page and you can report it as scope 3 emission in your ESG reporting and you can set new benchmarks basically for responsible operations. Considering your experience as a prop co investing VC, do you have any advice for other prop co's that want to get into the prop tech investment game? I think what's... I, I So... PropTech has evolved. When I first started to invest in PropTechs, these were ideas that you know students had from their own experience. But that market is small. I, if you are a PropTech, you don't have to come up with a great idea. And the problem is you may not have enough experience in the real industry to know where the problems are, what people are willing to pay for it, who is going to be the guy paying your bill because our industry is so fragmented might be a great idea, but the building owner can't do it because he may not be able to provide a service because then he has a tax problem. So the structure is complicated. There might be a better way, which is to seek and engage in a lot of conversations with the real estate industry and with the different players, you know, starting from the fund manager, the portfolio, the asset manager, the property manager, the facility manager, the clients, the tenants, the brokers, and ask them where they think innovation is needed. So you start not by coming up with a great idea, making a pitch book, etc., but you start with a problem that the industry has identified as being inefficient or whatever, and then you develop a solution, and then you do it iteratively, by talking to a lot of people and designing an idea so it fits the market. That's super important. So it couldn't you can do it the other way around. Then some of I see some of these projects just, you know, thinking they have to do everything. No, they can ask a, they can ask millions of questions then become, you know, design their product so it works from a, you know, financial point of view, from a you know, maybe maybe there's a solution that the building manager or the, the owner can charge through the service charge and then he's maybe more willing to invest uh, if it's on the other side, if it hits his bottom line. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, 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 totally. Uh, so you, you just got to you know, understand where your idea sits. I think, I think what I take away from that is a couple things. Number one, from you know, the, the school book play of a startup is you don't build a solution until you know what the problem is. You build solutions for problems, you don't build a solution and it goes out of pitch the solution. You've got to really know your customer. So I think the other thing about that is if you're a prop co looking to invest in prop tech, open your door, sit down, bring the startups around the table, the founders, and give them access to your colleagues to discuss the problems so that those people with those bright ideas can go away and, and create solutions from those problems. Exactly. So that's why we integrate. So the our prop tech investor, it's on name, it's on brand, it's called Bitstone, but it's very 
closely integrated with us and other investors that invested in our fund. And always before we invest, we, we sit down, we ask our experts, is this a real solution? How does this work? Would you actually pay money for it? And then, you know, you start from there. And then, you know, at the end of the day, it's a solution. And then we may invest capital. And then it's a win-win for both. So just being a VC on itself is difficult. A real estate company doing inventions is also difficult because they're not set up for this. And then it's a combination that makes it interesting. Another uh, hat tip to the phrase bridging the gap. So I want to go back to one more thing, back to your culture of innovation. Uh, one thing you said on stage is stop doing PowerPoints. So <laughs> I, I think often we get excited. We have some ideas. We want to get our thoughts out. And then we want to share them with, with our colleagues. Uh, if we're not doing PowerPoints, what's the best way to do this? Well, I think we are all swamped with information, with text. You know, you cannot read everything that's being sent to you on a daily basis. You know, you know, people have transformed more. They react more to uh, pictures and emotions and personal interactions because everything else is too much. And I see a tendency that you know, slides are being done and there's a lot of text to it. And then in the meeting, you know, the slide is being read, right? That doesn't add any value, right? So if it's a presentation where you're going to be present, I would encourage everyone to limit the text and switch, if he wants to use PowerPoint, switch to images and headlines and that's it. And then the rest, you tell the audience, you look them in the eye and you read them. Does it interest them? Does it not? But, you know, I'm, I've, I've sit in so, and, uh, thousands of meetings where people are reading the slides to me, which I can do by myself. And it doesn't, you know, that it's just a waste of time, in my view. And I think you generally, when you look at social media, at TikTok, at Instagram, you know, this is how the world rules. It's emotions, it's pictures, it's small videos that captures people because they are flooded by text and information. And so my advice is just limit that, talk to the people, generally in business, go out, talk to people, get them in a room, exchange ideas, create a vision together, and then build a team. And young people can do that in their buildings, they can do that you know, in their design teams, and get, get, get away from your desk and your emails and your PowerPoint text, etc. That doesn't create value. A sage advice, really good advice. I think tension spans are short these days, you know, often we see an Instagram post that is really long. We, we scroll past it. Right. Something else has got some really graphical images to <laughs> yeah. it. You're like, yeah, I'll read yeah, that. Exactly. <laughs> like, 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 share. <laughs> okay. Well, the other thing I thought, I thought you said up on stage was very profound is the fact that, and we all know this, real estate industry is very fragmented and so many people taking pieces of the pie. Is there too much of a disconnect between the investor and the customer? There is a total disconnect. So that, that, that drives me nuts. So imagine you, ha you use your savings and you buy your dream car. You go to a car dealer and, you know, three months later it breaks down or whatever happens, right? And you call your car dealer and say, I have a problem with my car. It doesn't start or whatever. You know, there's a light on or whatever. And then your car dealer would come to you and say, you, you know what? You just bought the car from me. But we have outsourced maintenance to a service company that sits somewhere, and here's a phone number, please call them. And their business is to not answer your call, because if they answer all the calls, they're not 
they're not making money, right? So because they think then, you know, nine out of 10 calls, they go away if I don't answer the phone. I'm exaggerating, but that's what we do in real estate to our clients. And the funny thing is the real estate industry doesn't have a client, right? They have a tenant, they have an investor, or they have something else, but they don't define the tenant as the real client. They don't call him client. And so that shows the mindset. And then the investor has a fund manager, they have an asset manager, they have a property manager, they have a facility manager, they have whatever they have. Or in construction, you got 30 consultants, whatever. They're so fragmented, then you got all these tax advisors and lawyers, etc. and the contracts become longer and longer, and everybody just sits there and does a very small piece of the puzzle. And I think our responsibility is to bring them together, tear down the walls, and say, okay, what's the vision, right? And then you've got to engage with your tenant. If you want to run your building more efficiently, well, you've got to talk to everybody, including your client, your tenant, you know, they're part of the mission. And if they are willing to, you know, increase the temperature a bit. And this is all, in, in this fragmented industry, if, you, if you're not capable of integrating these people, and then, then it's very hard to get anything moving. Well, I think it goes back to your, your startup advice earlier is you have to really sit down and talk to the people that have the problems, understand what that problem is, and then provide a solution. And this goes back to what our podcast is all about, providing space as a service. Yeah. It's not just a box. It is, it is a suite of services that we need to be delivering and experience for those, to those end users. Think about the simple solution. We say, okay, we want to save energy. Let's increase temperature by two degrees from whatever, 21 to 23 degrees. It's a simple solution, right? You know what? There's a 1 million people that are going to tell you you can't do that, right? Starting from the lawyer that says, well, the appendix of the lease says, <laughs> etc. And if you do it without asking, then, you know, you're in breach of the written form or whatever it's called. And that's a huge problem. Whatever. Everybody tells you what's not working, but it's because it's so fragmented. I'm absolutely convinced that if you get people all in the room, including the tenants and the building managers, etc., then you'll find a solution. But if you're trying to do it in a fragmented way, you have so many roadblocks that you stop somewhere. And that's, that's a, a, a major slower of real innovation. I, I agree. I, I think it calls, real estate is calling out for more vertical alignment. Yeah, or for example, space as a service, which I think is a great idea. You want to provide more services to the tenant. Well, you guess what? Your tax people are going to tell you, you can't do that because then you're in breach of you know, your tax returns. Because all you can do is collect rent. You cannot provide any services, right? And then you need to structure something around it. So, and it's all doable, but it's, you know, it's so fragmented that it's, it's difficult. Competing agendas. Yes. Yes. Well, this has been fantastic, Marcus. Thank you so much. We're going to put a link to your website and to your LinkedIn. We'll put those links in the show notes so people can connect with you. Great. And well done today on well, stage. Thank you very much for reaching out to me, Carlo. Of course, I enjoyed this. And thank you for tuning in. Until next time, take care of yourself.
And one last final time back in the studio with Anders from Nornorm. Anders, what does the future look like for Nornorm? Nornorm is not just a concept, a company or, or a service. It's really a new circular way of doing business. With Nornorm circular design and the flexible furniture solution, companies can get access and create spaces that minimize waste and prioritize sustainable practices. And with Nornorm, property owners and operators can use furniture to contribute to their ESG reporting, as we also track all the savings compared to if you would have bought the furniture. We really wish to create impact, and to do so, we need to appeal to the many, not the few. So at the core of the concept, it is to offer really circular and attractive office interiors that are accessible to the many companies. And that's why we are so focused on securing we have a low price. This is how we can become a change maker and make a real impact. With a highly affordable subscription model that require no investment and long-term commitments, we are really accessible for the many businesses. The same way Tesla's electrification of cars has sparked a movement towards electrification of many industries, we want to be that same catalyst of change towards circularity. And we start with the workspace industry. There we have it, a voyage into sustainable transformation powered by Nornorm. To join the revolution and sign up for a furniture subscription, please visit yournorm.com and stay tuned to the Workable Podcast for more revelations and visionary insights shaping the evolution of furniture as a service and its pivotal role in the world of real estate. And of course, I want to thank my new flex colleague, Morgan Pierstor, for collaborating with me on this episode. A big shout out to Jeff for all your behind the scenes magic to produce the show. And my friend, mentor, and podcast prophet, Mr. Jason Allen Scott, for all your coaching, wisdom, and time to help me become a better host. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. And remember, fortune favors the bold. I want to thank our headline sponsor, Nornorm, who we heard from across this episode. And if you don't know what Nornorm does, just a quick reminder, Nornorm is a furniture-as-a-service company. And there are three reasons why I believe they are a huge part of the future of our industry and why I wanted them to be our headline sponsor. Starting with number one, Nornorm is a fully circular business model. So by offering affordable and flexible office furniture on subscription, companies aren't stuck with products they don't need as they grow. Now tune into the next episode for more insights from Nornorm and to hear my reason number two. Drum roll, please. P.S. If you want to find out about future-proofing your portfolio, head over to newflex.com. We should start a podcast. The ears are so much less crowded for competition than the eyes. Plus, we can take our podcast and make articles, newsletters, and social media content and get more awareness and organic traffic. Said every business owner ever, before realizing it's too much work and nobody can find the time. Look, we get it. Who has the time to work out what mic to buy, what software to record on, where to get ideas, and how to promote the show, let alone how to edit? But here's the thing. Nobody needs you to do that anymore. It's 2024. We are living in the future, my friends. Showrunner has made it easier than ever for you to start your podcast. In fact, we can make anything a podcast. Typing. Yes, typing. Just send Showrunner your best performing articles, blogs, and newsletters, and we will make them into a podcast with your voice. Yes, we can clone your voice in under 20 seconds. Or different voices. Roll call. Pick me. Pick me. I never get picked. What about video Zoom calls? 
Send your interviews that you have recorded on Zoom to us and let us make engaging podcasts. And your webinars, send them to us and let's turn that into a podcast that gets you more awareness. And if you want to be more like podcast talent, Showrunner will make you a full script with a jingle, an intro, an outro, and even help with those clickbait titles that get all the clicking and sharing. We will show you what people are looking for in your niche and even help with content ideas too, as we are human friendly. And just like that. Welcome to the Daily Download, the podcast where we summarize the day's most fascinating podcast episodes into bite-sized summaries. Find out in just a few minutes what the whole world is talking about. We did that. Ain't that cool? We can send you the podcast and show you how to upload or do it for you. Then let Showrunner promote your show through its algorithm so you are heard by more of your ideal customers. Then why just be heard? Let Showrunner make visual content too. With audiograms and video snippets you can share on LinkedIn, TikTok, Twitter, sorry, X, threads and more to get you more audience and more customers. Oh, and how could I not mention have a global audience? Why not publish in other languages? Non c'è problema. And all this for one flat fee, so no surprises. You can freeze or cancel anytime. Go to showrunner.com today to book a call with Jason. That's S-H-O-R-U-N-N-E-R.com. 